Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Auto Save Disabled. I'm your host, Caleb Center. And this is me, Trevor King Thick. And today we're going to talk about a topic that we actually uh, came up with in the middle of uh, last episode. And the episode before that as well. Yeah, which is uh, game modes that we dislike slash like as well. So we're going to be going over a list of game modes and styles of play that some games have incorporated into their design that we dislike slash or like in turn and not necessarily like a whole like like the game is specifically centered around that yeah because there are times that i do want to do stuff like that but i'm going to play a game that is specifically tailored for that yeah versus you know going just balls to the wall action and everything and all of a sudden it's just like no yeah or you know it's just i'm minding my own business and then you know what weird mini game you have to play in order to progress the story and stuff like that which starting off i think is me and caleb's like number one most hated type of uh like segment in a video game and that's timed trials dude i can't explain to you how much stress and pain time trials calls me so let me let me kind of i don't hate time trials if they're in a racing game because that makes sense. You already—that's that, just part of it. Exactly. You're already going ball-busting levels of speed in a damn whatever car you like to drive, whether it be a Ferrari, Lambo, Porsche, whatever. But Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, even in the Batman Arkham Knight game, you know, the Batmobile races are kind of fun, honestly, in my opinion. But like, but when it comes to anything besides a racing style thing whether it be like uh, racing cars or like uh, Mario Kart or anything like that stuff like that where it's focused on racing and being fast a time trial makes sense where it doesn't make sense is whenever a game company makes their game have like a challenge style or challenge mode where time trials is a part of it and they put time trials in like you know whatever main segments of the game they have, whether it be like stealth or combat or anything like that. And like like two one game in particular that I can really think about, which I had another one in mind, but one game in particular that I do not like any of the time trials is Assassin's Creed. Oh, dude, yeah, I cannot stand any any <laughs> of their time trials, whether it be. I want to say there was a segment, like a game or two, where it had you had to kill so many enemies with a certain amount of time, or either you had to make it from point A to point B in a, in a certain amount of time. Those I don't like. One thing I will say, modern games that have time trials, they're very generous with it. Yeah. Like you can like the well, one segment at the very beginning of Final Fan of the Final Fantasy VII remake, where you have X amount of time to make it out. If you can't do that, then, then your hands are fucking broken. And you literally time. get the choice between two different levels of time. Yeah, well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure if you didn't know that, then you wouldn't know. Yeah. But... And even if you pick the, the shortest time, you have more than enough time to get yeah, out. I mean, I, I, I mean, I got out... I Just to be ballsy, I picked the least amount of time option on hard difficulty on my second playthrough and still made it out with plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> Which modern games, they're very lenient with that, unless yeah. it's an Assassin's Creed game. Or if they're specifically focused on time trials in specific ways, like racing games and stuff like that. Yeah, one thing I don't like is sitting there, and I can't, I'm not particularly sure what which fighting games these are. But I know they're not necessarily fighting like in the sense of Mortal Kombat, like more like brawler type games and yeah. everything like that, to where they either have a time trial, kind of like Assassin's Creed, where you have to beat so many people within a certain amount of time, or games where you are stuck on a timer 
not necessarily trying to escape, but well, the majority of the time it's always you're trying to escape from something, and then all of a sudden you have to do a puzzle. Yeah. Like with the, and you only have like thirty seconds to do the puzzle. Yeah, that but, shit it sucks. Like doing something like that on a time limit is even worse in my opinion. Because you can't think straight, really. But I, I'm sitting here having a stroke trying to do this. I thing. mean, that's like oh, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, this is always a, a thing I have in the back of my head if I play like a uh, like a horror game or something like that, for instance, where uh, you, specifically survival horror, yeah, like you know Resident Evils or like The Evil Within or anything like that. Whenever they give you something that you have to do, that's like a button mash prompt or like a certain type of prompt like that to open something or yeah. like do something like that or get past an obstacle. Anytime they, like... Because, you know, they're going to teach you that pretty early in the game so you know about it. Yeah, of course. Anytime they do that in, a, like, a survival horror game or anything like that, the first instinct that pops into my damn head is, I'm going to have to do this while something is fucking chasing me. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> nine times out of ten, you're gonna. <laughs> Which one thing I liked about the forest is that there were absolutely zero QTEs. Thank Q God. QTEs is something I want to include in this episode because I just buys QTEs. So, I'm, I'm kind of half and half on a QTEs. Because except, except for like Azura's Wrath. Or like that, The Force Unleashed. I, or The Force Unleashed. That whenever your character, if a QTE is purely for cinema, like super ultra cinematic purposes, I'm okay with that. Just like The Force Unleashed, Azura's Wrath. Uh, God of War. God of War. That is, that is just super, like I said, cinematic event. That happens because you know normally the character won't do that just in a casual fight. Yeah. Because I'm okay with that. I am completely okay with that. QTEs like in Resident Evil, even in Spider Man, I hated them and everything. Which you, well, I love that you could turn them off. Yeah, which is really nice. That's one thing I will say about Sony and about a, a couple of other newer games. They're making the accessibility for games is becoming very, very good. Yes. Because I know there are some people that can't do QTEs. Yeah. And me, I, I know I can do it. Hell, I could button mash a damn X button through my, through my controller if yeah. I needed to. But... Just having the option to either not do, like to either have to do it or either not do it at all, I love it. Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed about the Spider-Man QTEs, which I don't know if you ever did it, but a lot of times, not in Miles Morales because they actually kind of fixed that a little bit, but in like just regular Spider-Man, if you did the hold prompt, you'd fail. I never had that issue. I've had it happen to me every time. Hmm. I would fail a QTE by holding the button because the bar would never fill up fast enough. Huh. Yeah, so I just turned QTEs off entirely because, like I said, I don't like doing it. Yeah, I, I just kept mine on on the hold function, and it, I never had an issue out of it, so that was weird. That's I mean, weird. It's not like I'm incapable of doing it, like I said earlier. It's just I... Ugh, I dread the thought of doing a QTE, like mid-fight or something like that. Or, I mean, another game that has really good QTEs, and I'd probably say one of the most memorable QTEs, other than Osiris Wrath, is uh, Metal Gear Revengeance. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Q Nano machine, son! <laughs> the, the QTEs in that game are really good, but then again, ultra-cinematic experience. Like, whenever a Metal Gear is attacking Raiden, or Raiden, I think it's Raiden, and he, like, slams the sword down, Raiden literally catches it and throws this, like, 2,000-ton machine. I'm like, I like this. This is nice. <laughs> but, uh, uh, back to time trials, because we, we switched over to QTEs yeah. all of a sudden, but, uh, what were we going on about time trials? Oh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about the yeah, small like, like, time, like, QTEs being incorporated into time trials. <laughs> well, yeah, that too, but, like, yeah, That's uh, where we left off. 
like time trials what we're specifically saying is anything that like times you really hardcore um i know back like trevor was saying like newer games are a lot more lenient with timed things and stuff like that especially whenever it's not in some type of challenge mode or anything like that like you pointed out with final fantasy 7 remake which and also the thing is the, the cute the, not the cute the uh, timed events and time trials and stuff like that they're not mandatory in a lot of modern games. No, like... But in order to get, like, you know, cool gear or a really nice cosmetic, you have to do it. Which, in my opinion, kind of justifies it, but sometimes... Because every... If you've ever played an Assassin's Creed, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. The controls are shitty when you need them not to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially the older ones. You like, will be jumping off of a building to your fucking death any, just trying to move Anytime you have to foot race in an Assassin's Creed game, you're already in for a bad time. Yeah, it's like, oh, you just foot race from point A to point B. Homie, I'm halfway up the fucking Eiffel Tower. What do you mean? <laughs> Oh, that shit bothers me. The first thing that can, that comes to mind was when I first played Assassin's Creed 2, and not long into the game, you have to race your brother mm-hmm. over the rooftops and shit. That fucking sucked. <laughs> I, and it's just Assassin's Creed's in general that have, in my opinion, really bad timed events. Yeah. Because the controls... I, the controls are... They're good in a casual setting. But, but, not, whenever, but and, whenever it gets to a hardcore setting like that... They get really bad. Dying Light is also kind of like this, but then again, Dying Light, you're not stuck doing parkour yeah. like you are in Assassin's Creed. And you've played Dying Light, so you know Dying Light is very... Uh, and so is Assassin's Creed in a sense, but Dying Light is extremely freeform because you have full control over your character the entire time. Not like you have to go through some like three second bullshit. I mean the bullshit Jesus Christ <laughs> bullshit front flip in order to just to do this one little thing like you do in some Assassin's Creeds. Whenever you can just hop onto something because this dying lights in first person, you hop onto something, you look to where you want to go and you go there. Yeah. You don't just hold your stick in a direction and hope you go to that direction. You look in that specific direction and you fucking go there. Yeah. That's one thing I will say. Now, is the is the parkour as beautiful as it is in Assassin's Creed? No. Honestly, but this it, is a hot take, but I, I wholeheartedly stand behind it. The best looking parkour in any Assassin's Creed game was Unity. Yes, I went back and played Unity. I have to agree because Unity, th- that was the only one they did very unique animations. Unity, yeah, Assassin's Creed Three is what kicked it off. Yeah, but Unity, I, I I didn't play Syndicate, but from what I've seen of gameplay of Syndicate, it didn't. They didn't do all the cool little flippies, or it didn't feel as good. Yeah, in my opinion. But Unity's parkour was damn good, in my opinion. But like Trevor was saying a second ago. A lot of times, timed trials, challenges, etc., whatever you want to say, you know, a lot of times you're not forced to do them. Like, uh, good good examples are like... Uh, racing know, games. Racing you games. Don't, you don't have to do them. That's completely optional. And then uh, games like... Uh, I think, didn't Shadow of Mordor have some... Oh, don't get me lying, man. I, 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 I want to say yes. I know for a fact Batman does, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> if anybody's played any of the Batman Arkham games, the challenge side of that game... <sighs> Just to sum it up, timed events and brawler-type games are the worst. Okay, so the combat challenges in, in the Batman games aren't bad because they're not timed. 
You only have to get a certain score, which still, in its own right, poses some stressful problems because you have to constantly, one, keep your combo high. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and if you get hit or with a punch or anything like that, you lose your combo entirely. Two, you have to uh, keep a good variation in what you do in your combat because that also goes towards the score. Yeah. Uh, Three, uh, well, like, you know, depending on... Like, the variation could depend on a lot of things in the Batman games. It depends on, like, how many gadgets you use in combat. It depends on what all kinds of special takedown things you do with your combo meter and all that. And it that's not that bad, but it gets to the, the points where... And Batman Arkham Knight, I know, didn't really... It's not really that you're timed on, like, yet to clear this stealth segment in a certain amount of time or anything like that. The way you get the stars is doing specific styles of taking people out. Yeah. And, like, each each star is a different way. Like, take this guy out from a floor crate, get yeah. a star. But the thing is, you also have time going, mm-hmm. and it, it's constantly ticking up and up. And to get more... To get uh, a higher score, challenge you points, do it faster. Yeah, to get higher challenge points, which is another thing that Arkham Knight does, uh, you have to, like... What, however, what time you make depends on how many challenge points you get. Another game that is very guilty of that is Monster Hunter. Because you have your... Which, which every Monster Hunter quest is timed. 90% of them are, are timed at 50 minutes. But then again, you should, you should have more than enough time to complete your quest in 50 minutes. But the arena quest, you never fought in an arena quest. They are hard as fucking balls. Because you are stuck with a specific loadout that you have to use... And a lot of times, it's a weapon that you that you have played with, but you haven't mained. So I mean, you have some familiarity with it. But in order to get that specific little rec- like the uh, like the specific crafting material you need, you have to beat this really this somewhat challenging enemy that is kind of mediocre with your perfect build that that you have. But they can still rough you up. But like I said, you're having to stick with some just generic ass bullshit build it's like you, you mained mi- like you mained the uh the charge blade but now you're having to use the great sword yeah stuff like that yeah i mean which one thing i will say i have played with literally every weapon i have put probably at least 20 or 30 hours into every weapon just because if i ever wanted to mix things up i could the only weapons I have in are the guns just because i don't give a shit about the guns i'd rather be up in the in the monster space but that that's different but that game is is very, very much. It has that problem too because you have to, you have to really. It forces you to get a specific time mm-hmm. in order to get like a gold, like a gold rating, a bronze rating, or silver rating. I said this out of order, but I don't care. But I'm pretty sure it's like that with Batman. You have to complete it in a certain amount of time in order to, in order for you to guarantee you to get this one thing. Well, you don't get anything out of Batman in terms of. Well, no, not like in crafting material. Yeah, like, or like suits or anything like that. But, but you get really the only, which I don't really give a shit about them, but challenge points. And basically, all that does is it makes you, it gives you boosts on the leaderboard, so you can have bragging rights for absolutely Ooh. no fucking reason. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I am the real Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving moving on to another one. Which one thing I will brag about, and for honor, I did rank up pretty high once. I'm almost 43rd in the world. It's <laughs> actually pretty high, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 43rd in the world in my faction. 
And I am very proud of that. <laughs> but, uh... I dropped that faction, though. <laughs> it was... If you ever play For Honor, guys, stick with the Vikings. Not because, you know, Hinga Dinga Durgan's cool, but because for some reason Vi everybody chose Vikings, so Vikings always win the fights. Sweet rewards at the end of the fight, baby. <laughs> but uh, another one that I know for a fact both me and Trev hate in a lot of circumstances because no, hardly anybody ever implements this shit well. Escort missions. The, one thing I will always say about escort missions is that the only game that did this kind of correctly, in my opinion, was Borderlands 3. Because Borderlands 3 is the only game I have ever ever fucking played to where your your companion walked the same speed as you, ran the same speed as you, and if you sprinted, they sprinted, and they were even ahead of you. I loved that. Because I didn't have to sit here, run up five feet, and be like, oh shit, my companion's behind me by a fucking football field. Yeah. Which they... they game developers never get that right. And I just... I don't. I don't understand why they can't, because it's not that difficult. Like in my opinion. Well, okay. I'm getting back to stuff that I've said before in earlier episodes. I know that the whole programming aspect is in there, but I mean, for fuck's sake. I mean, the, these things you don't have to do them too terribly often, but at least make them not such a pain sake or anything like that. Like it, it gets even progress. worse when there's protection involved. Like you have to protect something, but they like the AI is so shit as hell about even protecting themselves or doing any work whatsoever. Yeah. And like one of the things I can think of off the top of my head is the damn uh, carriage escort in Dragon's Dogma. Not even just that. Any escort mission you have to do in Dragon's Dogma. They are fucking horrible. They are ass. That game is great. It is a fantastic game. But in order to get some of the like some some stuff that you can only really get through that, or either stuff that is so rare of dropping, or either so rare to find, you can only obtain that through escort quests. Which is dumb. It is, because for one, if the companion can defend themselves, it's like trying to keep... I can't even think of anything PC to say about that. But, I mean, it's like trying to keep a little kid from running into a door. Yeah. I mean, it's not gonna happen. It's just, oh my god, it it is so irritating to deal with sometimes, and you really, it comes down to like even if like there's no combat involved or anything like that, it comes down to what Trev was saying earlier. Most of the time, if any kind of game has an escort mission of any type, it's just they're they're not going to keep up with you. You're you're constantly having to go at their pace. They're never at your pace, and it's very fucking annoying. It, because you spend the entire time of whatever game you're playing at your own speed. Yeah. You are moving as fast as you want to move. You are doing whatever you want to do. And whenever you have to suddenly change your pace to match a dumb fucking AI's pace that doesn't know to sprint when you sprint, it gets a little fucking irritating. Or, or to get the hell out of... One thing in Dragon's Dawn, or to get the hell out of battle. Yeah. Because you'll be sitting there running from shit because you know that companion's gonna die, but you'll you'll be like, hey, I'm leaving, and you'll and you can message to them, and be like, hey, come on, and they're like, 
just gotta get one more stab in the Chimera. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you say that. I'm gonna be putting you on a t-shirt in a little bit. <laughs> Which, one thing I can say about Dragon's Dogma, if shit ever hits the fan, you can use your companions to keep them busy. You can pick up your escort and fucking book it. <laughs> I have done that so many times. Or, if you, or and Caleb knows this, like, the geography of that game can be a little wonky at times. It's like, this would be a lot easier if I could just jump here. Pick their ass up and throw them across. <laughs> yeah, they might take a quarter of their health and damage, but you you can always just heal them back. Yeah, which is nice. I mean, like I don't give a fuck. I'll make you almost die just so I don't have to go. That's another this. thing, dude. Having companions die. Which <sighs> having companions that you can't heal. That is the dumbest shit I could ever think of in my life. Yes, I have this fucking healing ability that can heal anyone around me. And it can heal any other players that are currently playing with me, but fuck all if it helps this fucking dude that's in the game. Exactly. That's helping me, or I have to protect. <laughs> Can't heal him. Fuck that. <laughs> nah. Then there wouldn't be a challenge. No. Nah, yeah, because, yeah, you know, challenge, you know, him just getting hit by a bunch of bullshit for no reason out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's challenge. Yeah, totally. Fuck. <laughs> that... That is one of the biggest things that irks the fuck out of me. <laughs> Which one thing I can say about that, in some of those moments, I have popped off more than what I've ever popped off before. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, don't fucking die. And I end up doing this insane combo. I'm like, I couldn't do that. I'm just on a regular playthrough. It's like... <laughs> but, uh... Going into another one here. There's another dislike, of course. Uh, Trev, Trev mainly wanted to talk about this one. Uh, Force Stealth, which we went over in... Uh, Talking about Deus Ex. Yeah. But for stealth segments, I... It's... And I, I, I think we covered it in Deus Ex. It's not as common anymore or anything. But I don't like it when a game has to force you to do that. Like, Which, you, like you go from balls-to-the-wall action, and I've said this a lot, to having to just completely change your play style. Which, to be honest, it's for me, it's a little less... Uh, because if a game has good stealth mechanics, like I mean, damn good stealth mechanics, I don't mind that if I'm forced to do stealth. But, but one of the one of the perfect examples I could give you is Final Fantasy 15, the fucking mission where you only have the ring that, that, by yourself. What what chat cha was that chapter 12? Yeah, I think so. I want to say that they did include a patch where you could skip that. You can skip it, yes. But the thing is, when you couldn't skip it... Oh, my... I mean, the thing that sucks, though, you get such good story out of that, though. Yes. The story is so fucking good. But you gotta play stealth in a game that has no stealth in it whatsoever. No, and you gotta go through this fucking maze, and you're literally being, like, followed by death. Like, everywhere you go. Like, every enemy you face is literal death. And on top of that, like, the ring that you have on is a one-hit kill on anything, but the thing is, you have to sit there and wait for it to kill them. Because you have to sit there and hold it. And yeah, that enemy that you're doing it to can't do anything while you're doing it, but while you're doing it, you have to hope that nobody else is around. 
<laughs> and the thing is about that game, you got to sit there and you got to hold it on them for like a good 10 to 15 seconds. Yeah, it's like the slowest silent takedown you've ever seen in a video game in your fucking life. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's ridiculous in all honesty. Uh, but yeah, like we, were, we, we went on about Deus Ex already. Uh, Thief was another one I mentioned. Dishonored. Di- because, Di- because the reason I said Dishonored is because in order to get the good ending, you're forced to do stealth. To where you did not kill anybody. Yeah, because you can, like, really the only way you cannot kill people is by knocking them out from silent yeah. takedowns and stuff. And uh, there was another one off the top of my head I was trying to think of as well. Uh, honestly, I, I'm not really going to say Splinter Cell because I enjoyed the hell out of the Splinter Cell but games. Splinter Cell, it was Splinter, made to be stealth. It was made to be a good stealth game, and it had damn good stealth. I mean, another game that can that can be either or, but primarily focuses on stealth, and, you, and you're going to agree with me when I say this, is the Sniper Elite series. Oh, yeah. Stealth is a big factor in that, but then again, you get very good rewards out of the stealth. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like a money or like a currency in the game, but like the satisfaction you get from pulling off a perfect stealth shot is fantastic and everything. Because for and one thing that uh, Sniper Elite does... Is that a lot of times you really have to wait for your moment? Oh yeah, because you especially, especially due to the fact that you don't have suppressors, so you have to. Even if you do have a suppressor, you have like very very small amount of suppressed ammo. Yeah, you have very very short like, like not that short. What you got? If if anybody listening doesn't really know about guns very much, you cannot just put. A, a regular, a regular standard round, except for forty-five, of course. But yeah. you can't put a standard round into a suppressed gun and it'd be suppressed and because all, that also, that round is still going supersonic. And also, suppressors don't sound anything like they do in video games. The only way they do is if you're using a subsonic twenty-two round. Yeah. All you hear in that is the action itself. Mm-hmm. All you hear is that bolt going. Yep. That's literally it. A stapler is louder than a suppressed twenty two. I mean, hell, my, my twenty two MP40 wasn't even suppressed, and it was still quiet as piss. Yeah. It sounded suppressed, basically. Yeah, I mean, it was it was extremely quiet. But then again, yours had a 16-inch a barrel, Yeah, too. So, I mean, you had a rifle-length gun. But you had, in order to, so a, a round, a standard round in most calibers, except for forty five, are going hypersonic, which means you cannot suppress that. The only way you can suppress a round is if it is going subsonic, and like Trevor said, even then, unless you're shooting a twenty-two, it's still not fucking quiet. No, I mean like, I mean if even if you shoot just a regular forty-five out of suppressor, it still sounds like a clap. Yeah. Which, in all honesty, like in a in a high intense moment or like situation, no one's going to notice a clap. But if you are legit trying to be like quiet about it. They're gonna hear that no matter what. Yeah. Which they do make, if I'm not mistaken, like suppressor ready forty five, which is even slower than before. But then again, that's only if you're going from like twenty to thirty yards most. Yeah. Thirty yard shot. But that 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 added to that actually added a decent realism aspect to it that you had to have different ammo in order to be suppressed with your rifle. Yeah. But other than that, most of the time you're going to be shooting unsuppressed ammo, and like Trevor said, when you had to wait for your moment, if you wanted to shoot that ammo and not them not hear the shot, because of course you know guns are loud as shit. <laughs> if you even no matter how far away you are, unless you're like fucking three miles away, which you can still probably kind of hear it. <laughs> um. And then again, it's going to be really hard to fucking hit something at that point. <laughs> but 
you have to use things like in the environment in the game to suppress your shot for you like say on that specific area of the game there's a lot of planes flying overhead. The very as, first mission of Sniper Elite 4. Yeah, as soon as the plane comes overhead, when it's loudest, because back then it was placed in World War II, and the planes were loud as fuck. Planes so, still are loud as fuck. Oh, yeah, but like they, they would come over, and you know as they come over, they you know the loud rumble, and as that rumble's coming over, you can fire, and they won't hear your shot. Or you can have... Or you could break a generator. Yeah, you could break a generator, and then whenever it pops, you can fire. But it's very timed. Yeah, on that because it you, has you to ha- be. You have like a three second window in the generator. Yeah, but you, you you pretty much have like between like a three to five second window on any kind of environmental loud sound, in general. Which is why I say you have to pick your moment. Yeah, and everything. But then again, I'm okay with that because I know this is the game that I'm getting. I know it's supposed to be a stealth centered game. Now, if you need to go balls to the wall, you can. Do I recommend it in Sniper Elite? No. I mean, it's like the way I'm playing Breakpoint. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm mostly going stealth right now just because, I, I mean, the stealth in that game is pretty damn good and I yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, the stealth is really tight in, in Breakpoint. And also the stealth is kind of tight in uh, any of the Far Cry games. Oh, yeah. But, which one thing I like about Ubisoft games in general that do have stealth, you, it, it's not entirely you're forced to do that. Yeah. I mean, when... Uh, the one big difference from watching Caleb play Far Cry 6, he does a lot more stealth than what I do. You want to know how much stealth I did? Enough to beat the mere, bare minimum requirements. <laughs> After that, I pulled out an LMG and rocket launchers. <laughs> that firework gun that you got, that was my best friend. <laughs> did I give a shit? I did not. The more... The more the merrier, as they always say. I wanted more people to come after me because I know for a fact that Danny was a death machine, and I made him that. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy stealth uh, mostly, but like whenever you're in a game that forces you to use stealth, and it can have good stealth uh, as well. Uh, I mean, Dishonored has good stealth, but like Trevor said, if you want the best ending, you have to... You're forced to do you're, stealth. You're forced to do stealth in the most basic way. Like, when you're using stealth and, and Dishonored... To kill people, it's fucking lit. It's dope as hell. You're fucking teleporting places. Yeah. You're fucking summoning a swarm of rats on a guy, going around slicing this guy's throat real quick, going to another place. Stopping time, shooting arrows where they stop in time, throwing knives. All of a sudden, you just resume time. It's and they, dope as fuck. And they just drop dead. But, but what again, do you have to do if you want to not kill someone? Sneak up real quietly behind them and knock them out. Either knock them out or just completely avoid them in, in, entirely. Yeah. Which, to me, there, there should have been more options in the game uh, to not kill. Yeah. Like uh, Origami, too, when we played it. There yeah. were there was, there was, uh, special abilities you leveled up to get that killed, and there were some that didn't kill. Yeah. And it helped you on whatever style you were trying to do, because you could play those missions two different ways, and kill everyone, or not kill everyone. I mean, which, either way, I mean... You got rewarded either way. Yeah, but it was, what, it was just what, a good way to kind of pick and choose in certain aspects. Yeah, and I enjoyed that. I mean, I enjoyed you could you could go down the well. What was it? What were the uh, ratings called? It was Ghost Demon, and what was the other one? I can't remember the other one. I, Demon was you didn't use any stealth and you just straight up fought people. Which in that game you do not do that bullshit at no, all. No, Origami, you get fucking punished. <laughs> I mean. 
punished without going in stealth. And then there was there was a medal that you got or a rating that you got if you not just knocked out everyone or just completely ignored everyone. Yeah, and well, no, no, you had to knock. Was it you had to knock out everyone, or either you just ignored everyone? No, uh, it wasn't that you had to knock out everyone. It's just you, you had to. Uh, you got spotted, like not, you never got spotted. Yeah, and also everyone stayed alive. Yeah, like whether you knocked them out or left them alone, they were still alive. Yeah. Uh, but then you get one where you just kill everyone. Yeah. In, in stealth. And we did that one mostly. <laughs> we started off as a pure knockout, but then we we changed probably about 60% of the way through because we were doing pure knockout for a very long time. Yeah. Which the thing is, the knockout animations were dope as shit. Yeah. And so were the killing animations. They were dope as shit too. But I just... I, I don't like being forced to do stealth in ways to where it... It, doesn't, it, it either changes the pace of the game, or either you have to do stealth in order to get the ultimate reward at the very end. No, I, I wouldn't really say, like, like, yeah, changing the pace of the game, but also just if the game in general doesn't really have the best stealth. Final like, Fantasy fifteen. If you, like, I'm, I mean, mainly right now I'm talking about games that are just built around being stealthy. Yeah. The entire game is built for you to stay stealthy, but it has shit stealth. That, yeah. that That's... That's not the way you need it. If you're going to build a game for stealth, do it like Splinter Cells did and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Make it damn good. Exactly. Because, I mean, Splinter Cells is fucking lit. I mean, hell, you could even do the splits on a walls to hide. <laughs> you could do splits. You could John Claude Van Damme between two walls to hide in Splinter Cell and then take somebody out from above them and they won't even know you're coming. <laughs> that was cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, what's the next? What's the next one, Trev? Having to play as a different character other than the main character. Yeah. Well, I, I, honestly, one of the so one of the main games I can think of uh, with this on top of my head that really put a memory into me. Uh, I, I doubt you've ever played it. Uh, not a lot of people I have talked to have played it. But Clyde Barker's Jericho. I've never even heard of that. <clears throat> so uh, Clyde Barker. <laughs> Is the guy that directed Hellraiser. Oh, okay. Uh, and he did... Basically, these people... Like, a game company or something like that made this game, and Clive Barker did all the designs and story work for it. Okay. And it's pretty fucking cool as, a, like, a horror game, but the thing is, it's not like a survival horror or anything like that. It's like... Think of, like, if Doom and Silent Hill had a baby. <laughs> like, that's the best thing I come up with. And it's... If you guys go and play today, uh, if this is the first time you hear about it and everything, you think it sounds cool, I will warn you, it is an older game. Uh, but it is, it is a first-person shooter. And it is... Like, there's hardly... There's there's one segment where you have to be pretty... Kind of, like, sort of stealthy. And that's the segment I'm about to talk about. <laughs> but... Most of the game, you're just going full-out action, killing monsters. Mm-hmm. And you ha- it's you and a whole squad. Okay, never mind. That's not the singing I was thinking about. Do you, you played Shaolin Monks a good bit, did you not? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that demo that was on there of that horror game? That was, like, actually really fucking scary. No. But it, but it was, like, it was kind of like that. Like, you weren't... It wasn't a run, like you had to run type of horror game. It was one that you could very much fight back. Yeah. But everything was fucking terrifying. That's what I think of. 
Because, well, in that example, with what you're trying to say, it's like if Doom and Silent Hill had a baby. That game is is, is the epitome of what I think of. Because it's a, it's a shooter at its core and everything, but it's not like a slow shooter, kind of like Resident Evil or anything. It's a, it's a third-person shooter, but the enemies are genuinely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but this this one all... Uh, th- this one is first-person strictly. And you have a whole squad, and then not long into the game, your main character dies. Like, literally, like, the first... Within the first 30 minutes. Oh, shoot. But the thing is, so, like, all your main... All your character was was, like, a generic assault rifle with grenade launcher kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and so basically... just there to get you, like, accustomed to the mechanics. Yeah. And basically, like, you have a, squ- a whole squad of team, me- team members... And what you what happens after he dies is his soul becomes displaced from his body, and you can take control of each squad member. Oh, that sounds cool. It, it's 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 a really cool concept, and like you have everybody specializes in something. Like the like there's the, like the there's the chick. Uh, she has a katana and a pistol. So you, she's real quick and you know lim, limber, but she doesn't do a lot of damage unless she uses the sword, which requires you to get close to things. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy with a fucking big ass minigun with a flamethrower attached to it. Uh, then like everybody else has their own specific weapon and everything like that. Um, but there's one segment uh, where you have to play as each individual member, and basically they all get separated and stuck in like this blood-filled, like, catacomb system or something like that. Mm. And it is fucking hard, mainly because the last... Like, basically what you have to do is you have to take control of each of them and get to the middle point of this place, and it's confusing as fuck, and there's a lot of enemies, and they're hard enemies. And you have to get to the middle of this area, and you have to get all of them there so they can meet back up and then squad back up and go the right direction. Yeah. Um, It's... It's fairly easy in some in most circumstances, especially when you're playing as the minigun guy, because he yeah. just melts shit. <laughs> it's just like, oh, shit's coming. Guess what? <laughs> but the hard part is whenever you are having to play as the girl with just the katana and the pistol fighting against a fuck ton of enemies trying to get to this one spot by herself because everybody's separated. Yeah. She does not work well by herself. <laughs> she works well when other people are keeping attention off of her and she can come up behind stuff and everything like that or like pot shots from afar yeah. and stuff like that and that that to me is one of the main segments of what I can which I know technically that doesn't really count in terms of as not, playing as a separate character you know? it, it, yeah because you're already playing as all of them but in this specific circumstance you were forced to play as just one of them by themselves when it's a game built upon them being together at all times which which I, one thing I will say and Caleb will, will agree with me on this there's nothing wrong with the supporting character that is really good if like if their main focus is like having the aggro taken off of them that way they can shine I'm okay with that because to me that makes sense because I mean if you're a sniper you're not going to be up in the fray you need everybody's attention to be off of you while you're doing your job yeah and everything but if you're if all you have is like Caleb's like a sword and a pistol that's only really good in a team setting and you're forced to do that by yourself against a bunch of enemies it's not going to go well and of course on top of that you're shitting yourself the entire time because shit's jump scaring you out of nowhere <laughs> and fucking you're getting swarmed by horrific monsters 
another thing I can think about though too is uh, it's it's a little bit less of a complaint here for me than the first one, uh, but the Batman games, uh, especially since I just got done replaying them, basically is like anytime you have to play as anyone other than Batman, pretty much. Um, <laughs> A, lo- a little less towards, you know, Catwoman and Azrael, because they have this mainly, like, nobody really plays different. You still, like, everybody fights the same. You you punch people, you counter when you need to counter, you vault over people the when you need to vault. The mechanics are the same for The every mechanics character. are exactly the same for every character. Where it gets to be a problem is gadgets. Because, of course, Batman has the most gadgets. He has a whole fucking radial wheel full of gadgets. But... Then you get to the point where you play as, say, Nightwing or Robin or especially Red Hood in Arkham Knight and everything like that. You just don't have a lot of gadgets. Especially, like, Red Hood only has two. He has the zip kick and his guns. <laughs> and Batman has the Batarang, which he could throw multiple of. He has the Bat Claw. He has... Uh, the cryptographic uh, sequencer, which is used to hack shit, which is not really used in combat. Uh, the freeze grenades. You have the uh, the explosive gel. The explosive gel. You have the remote electronic uh, charge, which is like his little EMP thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the line launcher. You have all this shit, and and you even have like the uh, the disruptor, which can like deactivate, like basically make guns and shit useless, all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. But you have all this shit, and especially when it comes to combat, this is when it becomes a problem. Batman has an answer for everything in terms of combat. But when you play as somebody like Red... Like, so, say Batman, like, there's an enemy with a stun stick. Stun sticks are a pain in the ass in that game, so you just shoot him with the EMP thing, and it makes him drop it. So he doesn't have it anymore, you just keep people from picking it up, or you can come up to him and, like, do the special takedown to where you, you know destroy their weapon basically yeah you have those you have that option if a guy gets electrified by a medic and you can't hit him or if he hits you you can't counter him or anything like that you back claw him and then knock him on the ground all this you have all these options in terms of combat when you're playing as batman then you go to somebody like red hood and you only have two fucking gadgets so stun sticks guess what you can't do fuck all about it you have to flip over him and do the normal bullshit that takes forever uh, you barely like you. You get some of the takedowns that Batman has, but other than that, not really, because he doesn't have Batarang, so you can't use the Batarang takedown. Yeah. Um, for some reason, he can't do the uh, wait. Uh, no, yeah, he can. He can do the destroy weapons thing, but it's still a pain in the ass. But the, like, there's some characters in that game that just don't get a lot of variety in combat because you don't have any yeah because most of the variety of combat comes from gadgets Mm -hmm. and being able to use the gadgets in whatever specific scenario you need to use them in yeah i i i definitely see that being a problem so i can't really think of any games that i played like that but a segment that i will say about having to play as another character so never have to play as mj in the spider-man games to me i've never enjoyed any of those segments and that's also another four i mean which Spider-Man, he's a stealthy dude. Yes, there are segments where you have to be stealthy with Spider-Man, but you can always do shit about it. But if you're having to play as MJ, 
this for one to me the stealth segments are never that good to begin with really the only way the stealth segments get any better is like when you're like almost done with the game and peter gives her those little spider to, like lures yeah so she can throw them and lure somebody away that's about it if anything anything before that nope you, oh well <laughs> <laughs> and it's especially a fucking dick move because like while you're doing those stealth segments and stuff like that there'll be like broken glass on the ground mm-hmm. and if you step on it they'll hear it yeah. it's fucking bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm glad Miles Morales didn't have any of those. Yeah. And I'm hoping that Spider-Man 2 doesn't. <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't either. I'm really hoping it doesn't either. Ugh. But, uh... Getting on to another subject, which kind of ties into that, is playing... Is having to play like a weird mini game or a weird segment in order to actually progress the story. I can only think of one example of this, but I, I've, I've seen a bunch of people complain about it and I completely agree with it. One thing that sticks out with me is the Star Wars game on the SNES, which if you if anybody's played it, that game's hard as shit. Yeah. I mean, that game is insanely fucking hard. But you, like, you go from like a side-scrolling shooter then all of a sudden you have to do this mini game where you hop on a speeder and you have to get from point A to point B. That to me that breaks the flow of the game. And for two, that segment is hard as shit. I have never not felt it at least once. Even whenever I got it, when it, like they remastered it for the uh, PS4, I got it on the PS4, and I wanted like to have a fucking heart attack. I mean, not a heart attack. Like, I wanted to have a stroke. I was. It was just such a pain in the ass. Cause I mean, I'm a grown ass man now, and I can't. St- I still can't do this segment without failing, at least one or two times. And to me, that breaks the flow of the game entirely. Another, th- oh, I'm trying to think of another segment of another game that just breaks the flow of the game. Because I know uh, I didn't really have a big problem with it, but uh, the mini game in Guardians of the Galaxy. Where you had to lure the llama to the control panel for it to eat the control panel so you can get everybody... Okay, so the whole deal about that, that game is entirely based on action and, and extreme comedy. I get that. that. Yeah. That was funny as shit. Which yeah. is why I didn't really have a problem with it. Like To me, you, that doesn't break the flow of the game because that's just part... Because I mean, you're just like stuck in your ship at that time. Yeah, you're stuck in your rooms and you can't get out, so you got to lure the llama to the control panel to get it to uh, eat the wires so that the doors all open. And the way you're luring him is because for some reason he likes good music or music that's like people that he, sing he really a, well. Yeah, he likes a good singing voice. So Peter Quill has a good singing voice and for some reason Groot does too, which I found <laughs> funny. But Rocket, Gamora, and Drax don't have good singing voices. So basically what you're having to do is you have a little map and you can see where the llama is, and you have where the people are in the rooms. And basically, you get like if you get somebody to sing well, he'll go towards them. If you get somebody to sing bad, he'll go away from them. So you have to basically get him to go into a very specific spot and everything like that, just by guiding him by who's singing along to the song. But, and the entire time, the song that's playing is "Don't Worry, Be Happy." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like I was saying, to me, that doesn't break the flow of the game because, for one, you're already stuck in that state to begin with, but it adds to the immersion of comedy. Yeah. I have no issue with it. I'm talking about something that just completely breaks the flow of the game. Yeah. By some bullshit-ass like, mini-game. Or it's just a segment to where it doesn't make any sense. 
Final Fantasy 15. Very damn good example of having to go through some, like, just flow-shattering segment and everything, getting back to Chapter 12. I think that's what it was. Completely breaks the flow of the game. Yes, like we like I said earlier, you get some of the best story out of that segment, but it completely breaks the flow. And that entire time, I was just like, when is this going to be over? Yeah. Uh, or some... Or, so some shooters are, uh, and I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know I've experienced this. Like when someone's injured, or either, or like you're playing as the injured party, or whenever you're trying to help someone that's injured, which kind of is an escort quest, but it breaks the like the pacing of the game, where you go from being fast, 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 to all of a sudden you have to do like this really slow segment. One thing that I could think of in a game, I don't, I don't want to say I hate it, I don't really like it at all, but I don't hate it, is whenever you have to play as Joker in Mass Effect. That whole stealth segment, it breaks the entire flow of the game, and it's a forced stealth segment. Granted, it's like a two-minute ordeal. I I mean, I didn't have the biggest problem with it because it created... The Mass Mass Effect games are all about getting you involved with the characters, and if you played... Because that happened to Mass Effect 2... Yeah. Um, if you played Mass Effect One before Mass Effect Two, you're already very invested in Shepard and Joker and Liara. And everybody everything. in the party. Just uh, pretty much everybody, but the the by that point, yeah, you're you're relatively well invested in the new characters as well, Mass Effect Two. But mostly the people you've already known since Mass Effect One, like uh, and you know Tally and Garrus and everything. So. I, I didn't really have a problem with it in the sense that it, it created a sense of urgency there because it made you cut to Joker and actually get to safety. Yeah. Instead of it just being Joker, you need to get to safety, and then it just happens off screen. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. It makes you have to actually get to safety. Yeah. So, and you, you given, that- given Mass Effect, you know how, like, if things go wrong in a Mass Effect game, a lot of things can go wrong. Like, first time playing that, you you don't really know if, if you get caught. If jo- is he just dead now? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. if they did that, that would they they couldn't have done that because for one that would have pissed off everybody. Oh yeah, because not not that would that literally would have ruined the entire game. That would have ruined two and three for a lot of people because for one that segment can be pretty difficult at sometimes because I mean the first time I did it I got caught. And I just only recently played Mass Effect 2. I got caught. But after that, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I knew they wouldn't kill him. Because he is a very essential NPC to the entire crew. Is Mass Effect below the fact of killing essential NPCs? Hell no. Hell no, they are not. (laughs) Fuck that. They are not. Man, once you get to three, shit, dude. It's free. It's free. Not even three, two. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two is the worst. Oh, if one, you if you don't play the final mission correctly in two, pretty much ev- everyone play, can die. Even, it's not even playing the final mission correctly. If you don't explore a bunch and gather materials and upgrade your ship, people die right then and there. Oh yeah, people, and when when we mean people die, we mean everybody, including Shepard. Like the game just fucking ends. Yeah, like that's that's the worst ending. And so if you don't play that shit smart and play that game the way it needs to be played, everything you want everybody to survive, you gotta work at it. Yeah, and you gotta know. It it wasn't below me to look up a wiki for this because it was my first time playing Mass Effect Two, and this is my first time playing each of them 
in order, like back to back. So I wanted this to be a perfect story. Yeah. Now, sadly, Anderson did... Was his name Anderson? Yeah. He did die for me at the end, which... To a... It's very weird how you get him to survive in three. There are some very strange little current, like little events that have to take place in order for him to actually survive. Did he survive for you in three? I think he died for me in three as well. But I remember playing, because I, I went through a phase where I played through Mass Effect 3 on my Xbox, like, fuck tons of times back to back and everything. But there were just, like, little weird things you had to do in order for him to survive, which... I was kind of hurt by it, by him dying, because I wanted everybody to live. That's just the type of shepherd I played. I wanted everybody to live. But that's the way I play too, and I wanted everybody to live. But after Morden, man, I knew there was no hope. Because <laughs> like, I, I have to go Paragon. I can't yeah. lie to Morden. Yeah. It's impossible. I mean, look at him, all lizardy and shit. Like, you can't lie to him. <laughs> so of course I told him the truth, and that causes him to die. Yeah, so I, I hate that he dies. And I, but I, I but to the, be fair, in terms of being Paragon, which Paragon in that game means you're good. a good character. There's Paragon and Renegade, but to be a good character in that scenario, he has to die. Yeah, he has because to die. it's his life for all of the Krogan. Yeah, and if you don't get all of the Krogan, that's going to fuck you at three. Yeah, I mean, just like you. You really have to manage your decisions very, very carefully and all that. Hell, just, uh, and one, if, uh, what was his name? Hold the line. If oh, he, uh, ah, Commander Leahy? Was it Leahy? I think it was Leahy. Hold uh, the line. <laughs> like, if you didn't do his mission properly, like, if he ends up surviving, uh, what, what's Assassin do that you get in two? The one, uh, oh yeah, uh, the mm. one that you save the son in three. Now I know who you're talking about. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember. I hate that I don't remember. He's a drill. That's yeah, his he's race. A drill. I'm just gonna let's just I'm just gonna call him drill. But um, if you save Leahy in the first game, drill doesn't die in three. No. Are you sure he died? Anyway. Yeah. Leahy lived in my game. I met him in Mass Effect 3. No, I'm saying, no. If Leahy lives in 1, Drell doesn't have to die in 3. Drell will die in 3 to protect the, the Ambassador from dying. During whenever uh, old old assassin dude comes in to kill him, yeah. to kill... Which, 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 uh, which one of the council members is it? Uh, I think it's the... Is it the? I don't. I think it's the Solarian and another one. I, I think so. But if you if you uh, if Leahy lives in one, he he turns invisible and sacrifices himself in three. Whenever the uh, assassin goes to stab, because at that moment everybody busts in and the assassin has to leave. But if you don't, that's when Drell comes in and they have a badass fight scene. But he ends up dying. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh um, yeah, that happened. But he still died. Because he's, he, he's sick. Yeah, he's sick, but he doesn't die. Yeah, he doesn't very, die in that. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't die because of that. Yeah, he didn't die there, but he died later because, of course, he's, he's dying yeah, already. Yeah, he's sick. He, he's dying since you meet him in two. Yeah. And, oh, man. Which, uh, man, that's fucking... 
the whole scene whenever you do the memorial for him in the Citadel oh, DLC. Dude. Oh, dude. Oh, no, no. That, no. that one cuts deep. Yeah. Because, because, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get on that tangent. We've already turned this episode into a Mass Effect episode again. <laughs> but, uh, damn. I, I, I hated that. How about they... I have an idea for, for our next uh, offshoot episode already. What's that? DLC that were actually really good. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything from the Mass Effect series. <laughs> Except for Mass Effect 2, the one where you actually have to go save the brother. Project Overlord. Project Overlord. I did that was en- That was still a good DLC, though. I didn't enjoy that DLC. I mean, in terms of the story, it pissed me off. Yeah. Heavily, but the fact that it actually caused me to have a real-world emotion... Yeah. ...is, is fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, uh, man. But, anyway, this has been our list of... It was going to be... We, we literally haven't even talked about anything that we do like. Yeah, I know. But we, we kind of got on some tangents. But anyway. So, this has been an episode of game modes and mission styles and everything that we disliked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Game mode that I do like. Some crafting segments. I do... <laughs> I, <laughs> I do enjoy crafting mini games. Hey, man. I gotta, I gotta say. You know, Bethesda lot picking. <laughs> no, one thing I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed, and you even walked in on me enjoying it a little bit too much, the jobs in Fable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, those are fun. They are, especially if you get some music going. It's it's just a, a metronome at that point, <laughs> doing your job. It's like, man, I need to make some money. Turn on some, dig, uh, turn on some fucking Dwimmer metal, and then... Just, Turn on some diggy diggy hole and then go out there chop some, <laughs> chop some wood. Diggy diggy chop. Diggy diggy chop. Yeah, go out there and make some fucking money and listen to metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but, you want to call it at that? Yeah, we'll call it at that. Okay. Uh, this has been another episode of Auto Save Disabled. As always, I'm your host, Caleb Resuner. And this is me, Trevor King Thick. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Ciao.